0: You stupid bitch, yeah, you're a stupid bitch, you stupid bitch, oh my god, welcome to another episode of Stupid Bitches Say What, the Aussie podcast about everything and nothing, but always with wine and your hosts, Scarlett Collett and Sean Hipkins.
1: This week, we're covering True Crime Australia. Sean will talk about the abattoir butcher from Aberdeen, New South Wales, Catherine Mary Knight, who slaughtered her partner, John Price, in a most unimaginable way. While I cover the Easy Street Murders from 1977, where two people lost their lives in Collingwood, Victoria. Despite a $1 million reward, the crime is still unsolved. Mm. What are you drinking, stupid bitch Sean?
0: Well... SB, even though it is a very fucking chilly night in the old West End, I'm on a white wine tonight. It's a Mat, I'm guessing it's a New Zealand. It is a New Zealand one. It's a I know Mat- what you're
1: going to say.
0: Matau, M A T U A. Yeah. Sav Blanc from the just, Marlborough region. You
1: just ducked down the road to the BWS and got that, didn't you? I did.
0: I picked that up for tonight. <laughs> it's cool and fragrant. And It's actually quite tasty.
1: Have you drunk through
0: all your wines? No, I've still got a big selection there. What I, made you
1: go and get a bottle then? Why didn't you drink from the collection?
0: Well, as you know, I'm on a, a challenge at the moment, and it's the first first week. I'll be recording tonight. It's the first week of the challenge, so I'm going. Um, this one's a locale wine.
1: Oh, my God. I a locale, low alcohol.
0: Yes, it's another locale. So I thought with it being the first week, I might just give it a crack. So
1: you're going to be super sober and I'm going to be super wasted by our next episode.
0: It's only 25% less, Cal.
1: that's (laughs) heat.
0: That's a quarter. And you know me, I'll be be doing two bottles tonight. (laughs) Full disclosure, we're doing back-to-back recordings, but we're crossing over the release. We're doing, this one's getting released after the next one we record. Because we're yeah. making up for lost ground. And true it's crime deserves more of a sober sober head.
1: It does. It does indeed. That, that's correct. It deserves some respect.
0: It does. It doesn't, matter. Absolutely.
1: Um, doesn't need us being super, super drunk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and what are you drinking, you damn stupid bitch?
1: Okay, Mrs. Well, Baker. I... <laughs> Mrs. Baker by another name, if you wish to call me that. Not changing my name, though. I have mentioned that previously. Okay, so I am on the uh, whiskey on the rocks. doesn't oh. look very rocky now oh, because that's all
0: It's not even dry ginger in that, just straight-up old
1: whiskey. Straight-up, baby, and it is. No. So I'm going, to, oh, I'm going to tell you a little story. This cheeky little bottle right here is a Jamison's Black Barrel triple distilled oh. Irish whiskey. Um, and for those who know me, I love my Jamison on the rocks. It's one of you my do. favorite drinks. I don't drink it with a mixer. I just drink it straight up. Um, and Eat up,
0: hold up, Mr. Lover, like <laughs> Princess, <says> you're, <laughs> you're a sick <second>
1: motherfucker. <laughs> um, so I woke up on. So we'll talk. We'll get to the wedding soon. That'll be part of the at one of our antidotes. It's not antidotes. Is that it's an, what is it? Anecdotes. Anecdotes. You picked me up on that before. Antidote <laughs> is a fucking medication.
0: Yeah, it stops you from dying. <laughs> From a poison.
1: <laughs> oh my God, we have to keep this in. Okay.
0: Probably doesn't even matter.
1: Well, I will just touch on the fact that I got this lovely bottle from a lovely friend of mine called Sarah Wood, who couldn't be present at the wedding because she was undergoing a little bit of surgery. Oh, bless. Um so this is Mel's best friend, my Melly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I woke up on the Sunday morning after the wedding, I was obviously incredibly hungover, one of the worst hangovers of my life. Um, and I turned around and I, I looked with, you know, half open eyes next to my bed and in the hotel accommodation, or the cabin accommodation, a room. And there was this, you know, gift bag with a card there to Sky and Tyler. And I was like, how the fuck did this get in my room? It wasn't there before. Um... And it was a bottle from Sarah. So oh, she knows how much I love Jamison and she couldn't be there. And it's a very expensive, lovely bottle. Um so Sarah, if you're listening to the podcast, shout out to you. We love you. Sorry you couldn't be at the words oh,
0: Sorry I didn't um, get to see you there, Sarah.
1: Yeah, yeah, you would have loved Sarah.
0: Um, um, but so how did the I bottle think... fucking get there? <laughs>
1: I think Mel sneakily put it in at some point in between us leaving and coming back and whatever. She snuck it in somehow, I'm sure. would have been a so special, yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm drinking it out of our little glasses, our little whiskey glasses that I got Tyler last two Christmases ago, and it's engraved. You probably can't see it. I'll just put oh, it up.
0: I can sort of see a bit of engraving.
1: So I got it engraved TB, an SC, and a love heart.
0: Oh, bless.
1: got four of them. One's been smashed, actually, so I've got three now.
0: And is it warming the cockles of your heart on this uh, chilly evening?
1: Look, it's delicious. Um, Jamson is, even just the... Basic level Jameson is one of my all-time favourite drinks. Um, but certainly the nicest stuff is always more tasty. Of um, super smooth, great for a cold evening, even though it is it does have ice in it. But it certainly warms you all the way down.
0: Yes, I do love all that. Like Tito's.
1: That's
0: why I love a good whiskey in Ireland. Yeah. On those yeah, chilly nights. Um, speaking of whiskey glasses, did that decanter ever make it up? That we got into the engagement.
1: You have asked me about this, and I showed you where it was on the hen's night. Oh, it's you... In the rumpus room, it's still in it's still in the box. It's unwrapped, it's still in the box, um, because I didn't want to take it out and then get it smashed up or something, or you know, it's just going to sit there and collect gu- dust. Yeah, collect dust. So I was planning on next time you guys are over. Um, oh, nice. Although there's been a few times that we would break it out and have you know, Chris and that bad boy.
0: And to be fair, I um, don't recall much of the hen's night, hashtag jelly.
1: (laughs) Yes, and we'll get to that in the next episode, won't we? We will,
0: we will. Um, We'll talk
1: about the shenanigans in detail.
0: Yeah, and we have to talk about the black condom as well. Was that me too?
1: Look, it was down the sides of of my couch. Um, Not sure how it got there, but I've been finding, you know, sex paraphernalia for, for many weeks since the hen's night throughout my house. Condoms out of their cases, condoms in their cases. Um, found a lot of vapes. <laughs> the vape yeah. that I'm vaping tonight is one of those vapes.
0: Look, I um, um I did lose a vape that night. I think Sammy lost it, lost it to me. Her. I
1: stole, it. Well, I stole it. well,
0: it went to a worthy
1: participant. <laughs> that was the cotton candy one that I said, <laughs> it
0: no, it's mine now, it's mine, it's too so tasty. <laughs> I've snaked
1: it. <laughs> Don't you know I'm the bride. <laughs>
0: Um, but with the condom, as with the jelly, as we'll get to, I um, when you said it, I was like, Oh, gross, who did that? Rah, rah, rah. I was thinking that when you posted it, and then I started having doubts and potential flashbacks. It wasn't to a used
1: condom, I know,
0: because I was like, You're touching it and everything, and then I thought, At least
1: I don't think God, I hope it wasn't used ill.
0: But now I'm having flashbacks, and I cannot confirm or deny, and I don't know if I'm just incriminating myself without actually done doing the crime but now i'm thinking did me and mel do something like that not you mel know. maz did me and maz stick something down the corner Quite possibly her? that wouldn't
1: surprise me at all but my house was fucking trashed after that party that and was. i've had some parties here and that my house was trashed i'll talk you through it when you come around tomorrow
0: oh <laughs> god i can't wait gotta go pick up the rest of my tupperware
1: You've got so much shit. I actually found another pair of shoes. I think there's two pairs of your shoes here. I had to wrestle your new heavies off Jordan, by the way. Shout out to Jordan, the best man, if he ever listens to this podcast. Yeah. Um, I have the Jordan. <laughs> but he did. He was like, these fit me perfectly. Whose are they? They won't they won't notice if I take them. I said, yes, they will. I know who they belong to. They belong <laughs> to Vino.
0: There is. Thank you, Scott.
1: But then I think Vinny must have left a pair of shoes. He's got a jacket here. Definitely
0: has a jacket.
1: Um, I've got your little dome. Um, what is it? Your ball light thing.
0: Oh, yeah, cool. And the remote. Did that survive?
1: I'm pretty sure that's there. Oh, perfect. And the cake stand. Yes. Um, there's your punch bowl.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Yes,
1: it's all there. And the jelly
0: bowl that I emptied into your fridge and then left the jelly bowl.
1: It's all on the table with all the other bits and pieces that I found. I found jackets. I found (laughs) shoes. I found one random shoe without the other one. Um yeah, absolute trash. The booze that was left here. Not even considering we trekked all that booze down to the central coast <clears> in Jason's car. <throat> I ended up leaving most of it with Lee, Tyler's mum, because um Couldn't there was still there was like twelve bottles of champagne and four bottles of vodka. Ricky yeah. smashed three bottles of vodka and two bottles of champagne when he was putting it in the car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it was funny because when we were getting the booze and order, ordering, well, organising your hands, I was like, is that enough? And Mel's like, oh, that's like one and a half bottles per person. I'm like, oh, gosh, it's not going to be enough. We're going to have to tell people to bring their own drink as well. Next minute. <laughs> Shit tonne of it.
1: And people did bring heaps of their own drink because I've found cruisers we had like, I don't know, we must have had like 15 different cruises of different flavours from different people here. We've had Jim Bean cans. We've had Jack Daniel's cans. We've had every type of alcohol. There's lots of watermelon and strawberry seltzers and oh, other wow. types of seltzers. Well, that's that, kind of
0: good that you get that as sort of compensation for the devastation that took yeah.
1: And the mass cleanup that I had to do on my own the day before we got on the the morning of that flight to the central coast for the wedding. It was insane. And we had, we had David, one of my friends house sitting for us. And at one time, I thought he was bringing his kids because he stayed here for five days to look after the the pets for us. And I said, "My God, are you bringing the children? Because I've tried to get all the glass off the floor, and I've 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 swept it, I've mopped it, I've vacuumed ten times, but I'm convinced that there's glass still everywhere. So <laughs> please, make your kids wear shoes." And he was like, "It's cool, Sky. The kids aren't coming." I was like, "Thank fuck for that. There's also condoms everywhere." <laughs>
0: I think, I don't know, I have a feeling that could have, Maz and I could have done that one in the couch. I think we're like, ha, ha, let's put this here for them to find. I don't know. But I could be completely fabricating that because my memory of that night is shot. I had three pieces of sourdough that day, toast with butter, maybe some cheese, and that was it. And then those jelly shots that Vinny had made, the Cosmopolitan <laughs> jelly shots, I had a lot of those, and I think that all just hit me at once, and I just was a drunken, sweaty, creeping mess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I didn't eat either, um, so we were all very ill. That was two weekends of the worst hangovers of our lives.
0: But well worth it.
1: Oh, totally worth it. And I still think, you know, um, our Sunday session, our debrief session after the wedding, to catch up on everything is yeah. one of my favourite all time moments.
0: They're always good those days when you know you don't have to work the next day. Although you did have to get up at five o'clock that next morning.
1: I just remember my sister saying when we were at the pub on the Sunday, um, how she identifies with being a Kardashian. <laughs> 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 Do you remember that conversation? <laughs> just I fucking identify with being a Kardashian.
0: Kardashian. <laughs> I'm already drunk. A Kardashian.
1: Does that mean I get all their money?
0: <laughs> I do remember that. God, that was such a great weekend. But yeah,
1: oh, it'll go down in the history books. And Troy's putting together the wedding um, video as we speak. Oh, and I he's can't been wait! Sending me bits and pieces. He got all the speeches recorded as well. Fantastic. Um, so a, a decent amount. And he knows how important it was for me to have the reception as much of the reception included. Oh. Um, so I cannot wait. He did a fantastic wait. job. Oh. He
0: had a camera in his hand the whole time, and if it wasn't the camera, it was the GoPro. It was something he was literally just walking through at one stage, just taking photos of people, not even looking through the lens, just capturing the moment. He
1: had like two or three GoPros set up around the wedding and the reception and then just kept repositioning them and putting them in different places to just capture all the different angles. Good um. Idea. So I imagine it's going to be quite the yeah, watch. Yeah. So we will do something where we watch it because I was going to say, because I said, I was telling Tyler because he wants he said, oh, I want to watch it just you and me for the first time. I said, yeah, yeah, sure. But then we'll have a showing. Yeah,
0: totally. Totally. <laughs> we'll be I, said to
1: him, I said, we'll make the boys bring their their video as well. Um, because Tyler hasn't seen the Irish wedding yet. of
0: course, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We have to christen christen him into that because um, I said to him, we always pull that out when we're really drunk.
0: Yeah, (laughs) okay, sounds good. And we'll just get bubbles and drink bubbles and fucking do our own speeches probably again at the end of the night after watching it. I love it.
1: Anyway, let's get into the real content of the evening, which the is content. true crime, before we get too smashed because this Jamison is going down a motherfucking treat.
0: And we've got another episode to get through after mm-hmm. this.
1: Mm-hmm. And make
0: the first, too. So it'll be fun. All right. So Catherine Mary Knight.
1: Oh, a- this is a- going to a- be so gross, isn't it?
0: Abattoir Butcher. So Catherine Mary Knight was the first Australian woman to be sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. She was convicted of the murder of her partner, John Charles Thomas Price, in October 2001. I didn't realise it was that recent. Even though that is still over 20 years ago, it still feels recent when it's in this century.
1: But you know what? Remember when we... And this is for um, our regular listeners who have, are fully up to date in all of our podcasts particularly the true crime ones, um, when I did the Bernie murders, she was eventually, while she wasn't originally sentenced, Catherine Bernie, to life without parole, eventually they changed her sentence. So I think it was around the time, don't quote me on the accuracy of this, but yep. remember because um, Catherine Mary Knight came up at the time when we were talking about the Bernie murders yes. and we said she was one of the others who has been sentenced without parole. So yes. we've done two now. We've done two. We've Knock yeah. the rest of them
0: off. Why so not? There's at Have
1: least one spec. or two others, I think, but there I think there's four in total. Yeah, in and that'll
0: be will be recent as well. this was like she was the first in twenty two thousand and one. I like a good recent murder. So as a child, Catherine attended Musselbrook High School.
1: Fucking Musselbrook. Shut yeah, up.
0: I know. She was um she became a loner and is remembered by her classmates as a bit of a bully. Uh, <laughs> Who stood over smaller children. She assaulted at least one boy at school with a weapon and was once injured by a teacher who was found to have acted in self-defence. Fuck. On leaving school at 15 without having learned to read or write, she gained employment as a cutter in a clothing factory. 12 months later, she left to start what she referred to as her dream job, and that was air quotes for those who who don't see the video, cutting up offal at the local abattoir, from where she was quickly promoted to baning and, and given her own set of butcher's knife, knives. At home, she hung the knives over her bed so that they, and again, Fuck air quotes, would be handy if I ever needed them. A habit she continued until her incarceration everywhere she lived.
1: Red flags right there, I'm going to say. Red fucking flags. Any dude who ended up with him, come on
0: and with her walk
1: away walk away bruh
0: and um I think I deleted this part but I'll mention it now her home was also full of stuffed animals and all the macabre stuff around and shit like that like every square inch of her house was covered in all this weird shit prior to meeting Price she had a few partners who had experienced her murderous psychotic rages she was known to dominate her partners, abusing them, but also backing them in any fights they were in as well by throwing in a few punches herself. Her mother even said to one of the guys, and I think this was her first husband, you better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't even, Don't ever think of playing up on her, she'll fucking kill you.
1: Do you know what, full disclosure, um, I've actually read quite a bit about this woman. I haven't seen any of the docos, um, but in some of my preparation for other true crime topics, I've read a, quite a bit about her and I was like, fuck, it's, it's just it's too crazy. brutal. It's too brutal to even really, you know, yeah. go into that dark place. But you like going into the dark places, don't you?
0: I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind because I like the shock. <laughs> so on the wedding night of that person that the mother told him to not, um, fuck around on her with because she'd fucking kill you she tried to strangle him on the wedding night Nice. and she explained that it was because he fell asleep only after having intercourse three times and her mother had told her previously that her and her father had intercourse six times on the night of their wedding
1: oh, what a load of <laughs> shit
0: <laughs> I know um, young Invera he left her for another woman and moved to Queensland apparently unable fuck. to I know. He, he had him out.
1: Him, didn't he?
0: He did it at neighbours. I'm out of here. I'm up to <laughs> Queensland. Apparently, get far,
1: far away.
0: <laughs> apparently unable to cope with Knight's possessive, violent behaviour. The next day, because Knight had had a child to him, she was seen pushing her new baby in a pram down the main street, violently throwing the pram from side to side. She was admitted into um, St Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth, where she was diagnosed with postnatal depression and spent several weeks recovering. After being released, Knight then placed the two-month-old baby on a railway line shortly before the train was due. Stop it. She then stole an axe, went into town, and threatened to kill several people. The baby was found by a worker only minutes before the train passed. Knight was arrested again and taken back to the hospital where she was treated, but apparently recovered, signed herself out the following day. What the fuck? Oh, my God. (laughs) No.
1: these stories, man. You have to wonder about our justice. actual. System.
0: yeah. um another former partner claimed that Knight became jealous regarding what he did when she wasn't around, and she and would often throw him out, but then should always follow up and beg him to come back to return.
1: Run, brother, run.
0: She then also cut the throat of his two-month old dingo pup in front of him for no more reason than as an example of what would happen if he ever did have an affair before going on to knocking him unconscious with a frying pan. And that was just as a warning, (laughs) you know, it's not because anything happened. And when she cut the, when the police were interviewing her about the dog after she got done for murder and cutting the dog's neck, they were like, did you kill the dog? And she goes, oh, they say it was a clean cut. So throughout their relationship, she also hit this guy in the face with an iron before stabbing him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. This guy took long service leave and went into hiding. Knight tried to find him, but no one admitted to knowing where he was. And several months later, he returned, found his clothes all cut up, but he returned to see his daughter and found that Knight had gone to the police and told them that she was afraid of him. And they issued her with an AVO against him.
1: She had a couple of kids, didn't she?
0: She did. She ends up having about four, I think. Um, she also has another relationship after that and more children, but she leaves this guy for the person she was having an affair on him with who's John Price. Yep. So John Pricey Price was the father of three children when Knight had the affair with him. He reputedly was a terrific bloke liked by everyone who knew him. Price is well aware of, um, Knight's violent reputation. And when she moved into his house in 95, his children liked her and he was making a lot of money working in the local mines.
1: They used to get into a few brawls too, didn't they? At the pub, those two, yeah.
0: Yes, and after, and apart from a, from violent arguments, at first, in quotes, life was a bunch of razors. Oh. In
1: 1998,
0: they had a fight over Price's refusal to marry her, and in re- and in retaliation, Knight videotaped items that Price had stolen from work and sent the tape to his boss. So the items were from an out-of-date first aid kit that the work were chucking out and he'd scavished from the company rubbish tip, but he still ended up being fired from it ah. um, for it from his job that he'd held for 17 years. That same day, he kicked her out and she returned to her own home while news of what she had done spread through the town. A few months later, Price restarted the relationship, idiot, although he now refused to allow her to move in with him the fighting became even more frequent and most of his friends would no longer have anything to do with him while they remained together. They were sitting there going, what the fuck are you doing, mate, you know?
1: Mate, those townspeople must know some serious fucking stories, right? Yeah. Like, of all the shit they would have seen from her.
0: Yeah, and, like, the group of people, they were quite, as we could imagine, rough, tough, spoken, very colourful languages type of people. Mm-hmm. And apparently, as well, Price had... um called the police on her when she was when she didn't live at the house and the police came around and he's like i just want her out of the house and they're like you can't do that without a court order which i think is also as you're saying about the justice system pretty damn shit like and and i'm i know spousal abuse is more predominantly male of course but
1: yeah it still if that
0: was the other way, way around yeah. it does still happen the other way and if it was the other way around the guy would have been dragged out of the fucking house.
1: Oh, but then there's still so many stories that you hear where they're not as well. Like domestic violence 10, 15, well, what we're talking 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, You know, most police would have been 10, a... so many domestic violence situations that sometimes they just got to go, well, just sleep it off, man.
0: Stop Calm drinking down. so
1: much. Yeah. It's
0: terrible. It? Especially, you're right, 20 years ago, that was before the whole movement of for fuck's sake this is not going to stand anymore this
1: is dysfunctional and fucking you can't it's going to lead into like to
0: yeah so in february 2000 a series of assaults on price culminated with Knight stabbing price in the chest finally fed up he kicked her out of the house for good on the 29th of february he stopped at the scone scone magistrates court on his way to work and took out a restraining order to keep her away from both him and his children That afternoon, Price told his co-workers that if he did not come to work the next day, it would be because Knight had killed him. They Uh They pleaded with him to not go home, but he told them that he believed she would kill his children if he didn't. Price arrived home to find that Knight, although not there herself, had sent the children away for a sleepover at a friend's house. Is that not fucking red flags, galore, alarm bells? He then spent the evening with his neighbors before going to bed at 11 p.m. Earlier that day, Knight had brought back, um, had brought new black lingerie, lingerie, <laughs> lingerie, lingerie.
1: <laughs>
0: and had videotaped all her children while making comments um about possessions that she had. Basically, this is mine, this is mine, I own this, yada yada yada. Which um, do, 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 where am I? ah and videotaped her children well um which had since been interpreted as a crude will like a last will and testament Knight later arrived at price's house while he was sleeping and sat watching tv for a few minutes before then having a shower she then woke up price and they had sex after which he fell asleep at 6am the next morning the neighbor became concerned that price's car was still in the driveway and when Price did not arrive at work, his employer sent a worker to see what was wrong.
1: my both, God, that poor worker.
0: I know. Both the neighbour and the worker tried knocking on Price's bedroom window to wake him. But after noticing blood on the front door, alerted the mm. police who arrived at 8am. Breaking down the back door, the police found his body with night comatose from taking a large number of pills. She, she was in bed snoring, apparently. She had stabbed Price with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. According to the blood evidence, he awoke and tried to turn on the light before attempting to escape while Knight chased him throughout the house. He managed to open the front door and get outside, but he either stumbled back inside or was dragged back into the hallway where he finally died after bleeding out. The blood pool from where his body was was like 1.8 metres wide. Knight then drove her own car back to her house to ensure that it was considered her property and also took $1,000 out of Price's bank account into lots of 500 bucks, but no one knows what happened with that money. So I think she gave it to her kids. Price's autopsy revealed that he'd been stabbed at least 37 times in the front and back of his body, with many of the wounds extending into vital organs. So even if he had made it out the front door, Mm. he would have died anyway, but he may have not had to have gone through this next part. Several hours after Price had died, Knight skinned him and hung the skin from a meat hook on the architrave of the door to the lounge room. An officer on the scene, when they arrived, said how they saw, when they were looking in, they saw what they thought was a curtain or a bit of material hanging in the archway, in the doorway, and then they went up there and pushed it aside and he felt all this cold down his arm and he looked and it was blood and he thought he'd injured himself from when he was breaking into the house Um, He didn't realise that what he was touching was the guy's skin and the blood from it. She then decapitated him and cooked parts of his body, which was later found out to be his buttocks, serving up the meat with baked potato, pumpkin, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash and gravy in two settings at the dinner table, along with notes beside each plate that had the name of one of Price's children on each. It's like she was planning on them eating it. But I don't really get that, like, if why she had the notes there, because if the kids arrived and saw blood everywhere, it's not that they're going to go, oh, yum. Oh, honey, she was
1: nuts, though. That's, like, she nuts. Well, she's
0: been declared as sane throughout the whole thing, yeah. So a third meal was thrown on the back lawn for unknown reasons. They don't know if she went to eat it herself but couldn't and she threw it out um or that she was trying to feed that feed it to the dog um and this has been put forward in support of her claim that she has no memory of the crime price's head was then found in a pot with vegetables so as the police walked in they saw the droplets of blood leading up to the pot on the stove that was still warm and they found his head in there
1: oh I just. And... Uh, and I
0: know she was a professional baner and had her knives, but it's not easy to, or from the stuff I've read, it's not easy to fucking dismember her body, let alone cut off fucking head.
1: She was quite a, like, robust woman, though, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, well, sort of. She wasn't, like, she was considered very strong. And um, obviously had no fear, but she wasn't like a staunch woman.
1: If you do that job, though, for years and years and years, You're the strength that know. you get, because yeah. I used to know some girls who worked in the abattoir years ago, and I used to hang out with them a bit, and they all lost. They went into working there. They worked at the one over near Wacol, not all the way at Wacol, but over that way. Um, it starts with a D. Dara, is it Dara? But um, and they lost like I'm talking 20 kilos in the first three months of working there because of how physical a job it is yeah. to work in an abattoir.
0: Pumping lots so of meat, and it would be awkward shit to carry as well.
1: So you would be very strong. If you've done that job for a long, long time, you could be the smallest woman in the world, but, but have the, the strength, strength in yep. your shoulders and your arms and your chest would be insane.
0: Yeah, so, and that was she was known to be very strong and I bet she threw a fucking mean punch too. So the pot was still warm, estimated to be between 40 and 50 degrees Celsius, indicating that the cooking had taken place early in the morning. Sometime later, Knight had arranged the body so without the head, with the left arm draped over an empty 1.25-litre soft drink bottle with the legs crossed. This was claimed in court to be an act of defiant defilement demonstrating Knight's contempt for Price. Knight had left a handwritten note on top of the fo- a photograph of Price that was bloodstained and covered with small pieces of flesh, and the note read, and the spelling's pretty shit, time got you back, Jonathan, for rapping, as in raping, my dota, you to Beck, which was his daughter, for Ross, for Little John, his son, now play with Little John's dick, John Price, because I think his genitals were removed as well.
1: So she's trying to frame him and say she's that she did it yeah. because he raped people.
0: Yes, and that was kind of her um, MO as well, was saying that it was three years of abuse and yada, yada, that she'd suffered from all men and especially Price, but there's no claims to back that up. Yeah. She was uh, most of the time the abuser. The accusations in the note were found to be groundless. After discovering the gruesome crime scene, they found Knight, as I said, incoherent, snoring in bed. Knight's initial offer to plead guilty to manslaughter was rejected as she was arranged on 2 February 2001 on the charge of murdering Price, to which she entered a plea then of not guilty. When the trial commenced, the judge offered the 60 jury prospects. So you know how you have a big pool of jury members, they walk through blah, 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 and they select them, um, of being excused due to the nature of the photographic evidence that was going to be displayed. Five the trauma that
1: those people would have gone through, the trauma yeah. of those police officers having to attend that scene. Oh the, my God. The
0: judge, I think it's a judge, Justice Barry O'Keefe, said as well that um he couldn't eat meat for three months afterwards. The next morning Knight changed her plea to guilty and the jury was then dismissed. It was now made public that um, Justice O'Keefe had been advised of the plea change the day before. He had adjourned the trial and then ordered a psychiatric assessment overnight to determine if Knight understood the consequence of a guilty plea and was fit to make such a plea. Knight's legal team had planned to defend Knight by claiming amnesia and disassociation a claim that was supported by most psychiatrists, although they did consider her sane. So she was meant to have had um, a personality disorder, but that doesn't mean you're insane. It just means you don't know how to, what they were saying was she didn't know how to um, act around certain people or in certain circumstances.
1: I'll oh, boo fucking who.
0: Yeah, no reason has actually ever been given for the guilty plea, and despite giving it, Knight still refused to accept responsibility for her actions. At the sentence hearing, Knight's lawyers requested that Knight be excused to avoid hearing some of the facts, but the application was refused. When Dr Lyons took the stand and described the skinning and decapitation, Knight became hysterical, throwing herself back and forth and on the floor and had to be sedated. But they all found it was a big act. Yeah. Due to Knight's lack of remorse, and um, required a severe penalty. So she was sentenced to life imprisonment, refused to fix a non-parole period, and ordered that her papers be marked, in quotes, never to be released. The first time that this has been imposed on a woman in Australian history. In June June 2006, Knight appealed the life sentence, claiming that a penalty of life in jail without possibility of parole was too severe for the killing. It wasn't just like a defence murder or like just a standard run up and mug murder not saying that they're okay either, but this is pretty fucking brutal and And brutal. And she had a
1: history, a severe history of violence.
0: A hundred percent. And then turning that, trying to turn that violence onto the men's, as the man's fault in there. Terrible. It was dismissed with the judgment. This was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilised society. And she die in prison behind bars, and I'd hate to be in prison with her.
1: Oh, I was just thinking the exact same thing when you were talking about it. I was like, imagine her in prison as an inmate. Like, yeah. what jail is she in, do you know? just
0: close my documents. Hang on. So... Must be
1: a scary fucking prison. Even the prison guards would be scared of it for sure.
0: Yeah, I know. But, you know, she was apparently, well, in small town, rural town, um... Aberdeen, she was apparently a bit of a looker when she was younger.
1: You don't yeah. you don't get that from the photos, but
0: no, not from these ones. And there's some younger ones of her um where she still looks fucking a bit violent and not
1: I was gonna say she beautiful. must have been fucking hot for them to keep going back. Do you know what I mean? With the knives over her bed and all the yeah. violence that she put on them, like and I think she's quite sexually something...
0: active. Yeah, so, you know her there. Yeah, so she's currently detained in Silverwater Women's Correctional Centre. It's
1: always fucking Silverwater, isn't it? That's the bad one where everyone goes, Silverwater.
0: Fuck that, eh? And that's uh, Catherine Knight, the Aberdeen Abattoir Butcher.
1: A horrifying, horrifying murder.
0: Yeah, gross. So many
1: people impacted from that, like, tragically. Oh, the
0: kids? And imagine the, children, the, kids, the kids knowing that she'd tried to serve up a fucking meal for them to her eat.
1: Her children, you yeah. know, the people that attended the scene, the jurors.
0: Oh, the police! Like when that special that I watched on it, the um, the one, the one of the coppers that was there first on the scene. You can tell, like the way he's speaking about it, you can tell he is still broken from it.
1: Yeah, you'd never recover from that shit.
0: You can't right see it. Like pushing yeah. a curtain aside and realizing it's actually human skin. That's Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit.
1: It's totally exactly that. Oh my God, that's horrifying. I
0: know. Mm. So what do you have to lighten the mood?
1: <laughs> Look, mine's not gonna lighten the mood at all because mine's still unsolved and it's such a horrible, horrible murder. Um, and I'll get to it in a minute. But it just and what I was Googling today and I couldn't find enough information to bring to the podcast was unsolved murders in Australia because I was looking at some stats on, um, you know, it's the the criminal statistics and murders. um, The most recent ones, I think, are the 2020 results for the 2020 statistics for Australia is one point six murders per 100,000 people or something like that in 2020. Um, But if you look at the states, I did a comparison, and it's like 10.6 per 100,000. Look, you know, there's the argument that... Um, no, in America, just in. in oh, China. right,
0: in that state. So yeah.
1: we're 1.6 or something like that per 100,000 capita, and then there's They're the 10 states point. that have 10.6. Yeah. And they've increased in the last year that the statistics have been out. So if you compare it like that, it's, you know, we don't have the kind of level of murders that somewhere like the US has, but still, yeah. um, some of these gruesome murders and unsolved murders is really, it's very upsetting. Oh,
0: yeah. Um,
1: but all right, let's talk about the Easy Street Murders. Um, let me just bring up my notes. Okay, so... The I'm not easy... sure
0: if I've heard of this either, so I'm very intrigued.
1: Um, I don't know how I came across it. I think I read an article somewhere Um, because I follow a few true crime. I, I follow a few unsolved murder, um like, groups on Facebook. Yeah. And I've only really done that in the last year since we've been doing this just to, you know, see stuff um, that I could use for content. But um, I think it must have come up there. It was the same with the Hatpin Murders, the one that I did about the baby killers Yeah. Um, that I found across a news article somewhere. But, yeah, so the Easy Street Murders were once described as Victoria's most brutal crime. The case remains unsolved despite a $1 million reward being posted in 2017. So that's a million uh, bucks yeah. um, for information. That leads to a conviction, but um, it happened in 1977. So you know that's like 50 years, is that right? 50 years. It's
0: 45. It's the year I was born, Sky.
1: No, no. 45
0: years ago today.
1: Yeah, but 1977 it happened, and in 2017 they offered the reward. 40 years. That's 40 years later. Um, so you know those people, you'd at least be in your 20s at a minimum to have committed that murder. So people are quite it's, aged, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's a long time later to post that kind of reward and expect results. Yeah. Um, which is probably why they offered it, because the likelihood of someone coming forward that leads to a conviction is quite small, yeah. Time's running out, yeah. Um, But Suzanne Armstrong was a single mother who gave birth to a baby boy whilst she was staying in Greece. So there's not much known about you know who the father was or anything like that she returned to australia with her baby son and rented the property at 147 easy street in collingwood in um 1976 with her old high school friend susan bartlett so this might get a little bit confusing because there's suzanne and then there's susan okay um susan bartlett was a, a school teacher susan suzanne was 28 and susan was 27 They resided in the property for 10 weeks before being brutally murdered. Jesus. The first sign that something was wrong at Easy Street was neighbours retrieving the woman's German shepherd puppy who had been wandering around the area. They'd just recently purchased a puppy together. Neighbours claimed to also have heard Suzanne's 16-month-old son, Gregory, whimpering days after the attack. Finally... Three days after the woman were killed, neighbours entered through the back door to discover the murder and the infant Gregory unharmed but distressed and dehydrated in his pod. Three
0: days, poor bugger.
1: Yeah, totally right. Police believe that both Suzanne and Susan were killed on the night of January 10th, 1977. Earlier that evening, Susan's brother and his girlfriend had visited for dinner and stayed to watch TV for a while, leaving the two at about 9pm that evening. Both women had been stabbed multiple times, Suzanne 29 times and Susan 55 times, which I find interesting um, because Suzanne, who was the mother of Gregory, the baby, she was found on her bed. So she was stabbed 29 times um, and Susan was found in the hallway near the front door close to Suzanne's bedroom. So almost like she was trying to make a break for it. Um, but she was stabbed 55 times.
0: And that's so, pretty personal stabbing. And 55 yes. sounds like Susan was the initial, initial target.
1: There was a reason someone was there stabbing them that yeah. many times. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. didn't just come in and try to steal stuff. They didn't just come yeah. on them unawares. They stabbed them that many times.
0: It's personal.
1: It's personal. Yeah. But even though um, Susan was on her bed, Suzanne was on her bed. Susan was the one who was stabbed the most times. Maybe oh. because the killer got frustrated because she did almost get away. Because so she was yeah. near the front door, but it was all happened at the front of the house, right? Um, so there were no signs of forced entry, although a footprint on the front window indicated an entry point
0: footprint the kill- on the front window the wow. front
1: window so it all happened the murders all happened at the front of the yeah. house the killer had also cleaned up in the bathroom after the killings and had left via the back door and laneway gate leaving them both open so the baby's in there the murdered women are at the front and they've gone out the back way leaving the door and the gate open right
0: maybe didn't go just stayed in there
1: um the kitchen light was on but the murder weapon wasn't found A note from Suzanne's new boyfriend who had visited the property with his brother, who was Susan's sister's boyfriend, via the back door on the 12th of January at around 8.30, was also found on the kitchen table. So they believe they were killed on the 10th, January 10th. On the 12th, before the bodies were found, the boyfriend came in the back way, didn't make it to the front way, just left a note for them on the kitchen table. So they were murdered in the front room. Yeah. He had a witness with him, which was Susan's brother or brother-in-law. Um, so if they'd gone a few steps towards the front... So the baby must have passed out and been asleep. Yeah, a that sus, front, Unless it. it does sound super sus. Um, or the baby was crying and they felt, fuck it, we don't want to be involved in that, we're leaving. Mm. Who knows? Um, so police eventually established a list of 130 persons of interest relating to the case. The list included construction workers who were in the process of building a a house nearby Um, media also reported that the women had been sexually assaulted as well armstrong which was suzanne the mother of gregory had been raped post-mortem and a semen sample was found at the scene so it doesn't say it's it talks about them both being sexually assaulted but i believe the evidence says that it was just suzanne so she was the one found on the bed but yeah, it was cause... after she was dead, so then Susan would have had to have been dead as well because Course. he wouldn't have gotten away with raping her in such close, you know, yeah. proximity if when she was already dead. So some sicko has stabbed them to death so repeatedly and then God. still had sex with one of them and left his semen there. Um, in 1999, detectives' DNA tested the case as eight prime subjects, suspects um and none of them were a match
0: right. so they were but, able to get dna later on from the semen
1: but if you've read stuff that's been in the news lately um apparently our dna testing in australia is so um outdated and so poor and not to the level of what they can do in you know normal science mm. stuff so talking about all the way they didn't test until 1999 anyway so this is like really you know, 20 years after the yeah. crimes.
0: Because DNA testing wouldn't have been around and shit, yeah.
1: Exactly, but all the people, all the main suspects were no match, but they could be a match now, but a lot of them are dead
0: now. And a lot of the things they do now with um DNA, and that's how they got the Golden State Killer, is when they can find um, relatives who have a strand of the DNA that matches and shit like that, and they're able to then find the family pool from which the DNA comes from, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, well, look, I'm watching Bones at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever watched Bones?
0: No, but there's about 27 seasons,
1: isn't there? <laughs> yeah, and look, you know, the things that they can do at the Jeffersonian Institute is insane. Oh, they need to get the team on the case. <laughs> um, the murders were later linked to the disappearance and probable murder of Julie Garcia um, a librarian originally from the States, and she disappeared um, on a street nearby. And wow. the sus- there was three main suspects in that case. Two of them are now deceased. Um, and the one that is still alive was sleeping in his bed like a street away when the murders were happening. And he was this questioned. I believe his DNA was taken, but there was never any links. So, um, yeah. but despite investigations by a team of 16 detectives, the case quickly went cold and the murders remain unsolved. Um, in 2011, the case was quietly reopened um, and that's when they progressed to the point where later on they gave up the $1 million reward if anyone could um, give information leading to the appreh- apprehension and subsequent conviction of the person or persons responsible for the attack.
0: Jesus.
1: I know, right? So I just think, in the scheme of things, two murdered women, like, how do people forget about that and just.
0: So violently murdered as well.
1: Like, move on with their lives and then it never gets solved like there's there's someone out there and look it probably could have been more than one person yeah based on the evidence it would be very difficult for one individual to come in and subdue two women enough to murder them so brutally you know I mean a child couldn't do anything a baby a 16 month old couldn't have you know deterred it in any way um but I there was more than one person involved yeah
0: yeah and like as you said with that Susan being found with 57 stab wounds near the front door. She's either, but they found the footprint on the front window. So she's either heard something, gone there, and he's killed the fuck out of her. Yeah. Or he's gotten in, stabbed fucking Suzanne, started raping her, and then maybe Susan's heard it, and that's when he's gone and fucking got her as she's tried to get out. Potentially,
1: yeah. That and stabbed the fuck out of her. her. She could, they yeah. could have all been sleeping in it, you know? Yeah. They came on them unawares and and that's how it happened and it wasn't until after and uh, that's why because she made a break for it that she was killed but to me it sounds like susan even though she wasn't the one who was raped was the main target because she was 55 stabbed so many more times that's, like a lot. that's a lot of stabbing and that's like takes it out of you do you know what i mean like yeah you
0: know well think about one two three four five and doing that five more times yeah
1: through someone's five body and times, tissue 11 and all the stuff that you have to go through. Like stabbing yeah. someone isn't easy. You don't just go, dude, it's done. Yeah, like, You have to really throw could your body into it. In
0: yeah, Jesus Christ.
1: I know. So it's it's pretty crazy. Um, and
0: you're right, like it could be two people because how do you stab someone that many times without so the other person fucking not being able to... You know what I mean? Like, it take, as you say, it takes a lot of time focusing on one person stabbing that many times. Mm-hmm. If you've got two people going for you or one person running around screaming or something, it's it's a bit hard to fucking subdue both of them at once.
1: Yeah, there's people out there that know what happened. Of um, course. Even after all these years and then, you know, it's just horrifying that, that they got away with the murder of these two women and left this poor child. Yeah. Um, without a mother and he ended up being an advocate and, you know, trying to get the crime solved years later as he became an adult. Thank God he was
0: such a baby and won't hopefully remember any of that shit.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Mm. But um, that's still, that's not super young. It's not like a proper infant, do you know Mm. what I mean? Like that's Mm. still over one years old.
0: Still able to walk. Well, usually, yeah.
1: Yeah, you can usually walk by one.
0: I know. And lucky he didn't go wandering out of the fucking house.
1: I know, it's awful.
0: But that's just super bizarre about, so, how terrible would you feel if you were, was it the brother and the girlfriend? That were no, there? it
1: was um, Suzanne's new boyfriend and he was best mates with Susan's sister's boyfriend.
0: But who who was there watching the movie with them?
1: Uh, it was, I think, Susan's brother.
0: Yeah, how terrible would you feel? if
1: Him and his girlfriend and then they left at 9pm. And then it was happened sometime that night
0: after that and then those other guys coming in the back door seeing it open
1: yeah
0: wouldn't you think that's weird like yeah the baby must have been passed out because if you Mm. saw the back door open the baby was crying you'd be thinking what the fuck?
1: but if the baby had been like not fed and stuff like that he would have been screaming 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 and wore himself out to the point we just like passed out um from, it's two days after what they believed. The, but they could have, you know, think of the science back in those days as well. They could have been wrong about the time they were murdered. You know, potentially yeah. they could have been murdered later than that. They could Although, have gone wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess with rigor mortis and all that stuff setting in, they usually can. But, um, but it's just bizarre. Like, if I went to a friend's house, my girlfriend, my boyfriend's house, the back door was open... I'd be looking around, hey, hello, you know what I mean, I'd actually, but you'd imagine they would have gotten DNA from both of them as well.
1: And I tried to research more information about that situation, like what happened, how they were investigated and whatever, and I couldn't find anything about it because it does seem very, very sus. But in saying that, if the house was completely quiet, um, they could have been like, oh shit, they've gone out in a rush somewhere, we can't hear the baby. We're in, yeah. You know, maybe they went around there to pick up their smokes so that they left there a couple of days and they just were ducking in and ducking out, couldn't see anyone, grabbed what they needed to grab from the back of the house. The house was a really long house. Yeah. Um, so then they just thought, oh, well, there's no one here because they would heard the child or heard the women and thought, oh, there's, they're, they're not at home. Yeah. And you don't leave a note generally.
0: And the 70s, you know, there. people left doors open and unlocked and shit like that all the time. Yeah. But then you also wonder if, you know, leaving the note was sort of a bit of a cover-up for them as well.
1: But, yeah, they, they, w- there was never any evidence to, you know, prosecute them or convict them. God. I know. It's full on, hey?
0: Gosh, well, hopefully something does come out from that million-dollar reward. It's always sad when those crimes do go unsolved and the families don't get answers shit sure like that, and the people that are all affected from it.
1: It has to be one of the worst parts of doing this True Crime episode is seeing some of the ones where they get off without the right sentence. Yeah. Um, or, or they just don't they get they end discovered. up being unsolved. And I have a whole list of unsolved ones that I'm going to start to work through as well because I just awesome. feel it really breaks my heart.
0: Yeah, I know a good unsolved one too that we could do. We could have an unsolved special one week maybe. And we still oh have to God, do an international
1: yes. special. Yes, we do. Yeah. All right, well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stupid Bitches Say What. We hope you enjoyed the chilling tales of true crime this week.
0: Tune in next week for our pop culture episode, a little bit more livelier, where Sky will bring the life of the living legend, Ricky Lake. Go, Ricky. Go, go Ricky. Ricky. Go, go,
1: Ricky. Go, go, Ricky. Go, Ricky
0: to the podcast, and I cover the recently released TV series The Staircase, which covers the peculiar death of Kathleen Peterson, starring Toni Collette and Colin Firth.
1: Night, stupid bitches.
0: Bye. Yeah, that stupid bitch. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a stupid bitch, what a stupid bitch, that
1: stupid bitch.